do not want to see this in the nightgown. <laughs> no, no. There are some things. We, we want your stomach to be in a good position on Christmas Eve. Uh, anywhere in there is great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So how's everybody uh, You getting ready for the holiday? Yes, no. Let me figure out my thingy. I will figure it out. Awesome. Well, I uh, was uh, going to go from the normal pulpit, and my wife said, you should do the table thing. And uh, I said, okay, we'll do the table thing. But um, I want us to get ready for communion um, before we really get rolling. You should have got that taken in here. And at the end of service, I'd like to pray for people as well. Thank you so much for coming. Um, how many knows the enemy would like to take everybody out? He would like to take everybody out. He would like to take churches out that are doing damage to the, uh, the dark side, so to speak. Um, but uh, I do believe that TLC is a, a key to the city, a gateway to the city, one of them. And the enemy would love to uh, see that not functioning. But God is bigger than that. And uh, so we're believing God for great things. So um, if you have your elements in front of you, let's talk about this real quick, and then we'll get into the... I'm going to put this message. This is the third in the Covered series, and I want to try to put it together and then take some time to pray for some folks as well. Um, but communion is such a powerful tool for the kingdom of God, um, and it isn't just something that we just nonchalantly do or whatever. My wife and I have practiced it for years where um, there's power in that because what it does, it ratifies uh, what happened on Calvary 2,000 years ago. And you are, you are taking all the benefits from that event and you are applying them in your life and, and you're focusing those on things that are happening perhaps, you know, around you, to you, or whatever. And so um, if you have your, your cup, you want to pull that up and, and take the, uh, oh, you got me ready. You are so sweet. Okay. And so what we've done is we have, when our children were smaller and even as they are uh, adults, if they've dealt with any sickness or anything, we have taken communion together, and we've done it with them. We've done it when now they don't live in our house. We've done it while they're living in their house. And then because we have authority uh, in our lives or in at least speaking into their lives, um, we are able to uh, let that anointing flow. So uh, right now, you take this. This represents the, the body of Jesus, which was any kind of healing you need. It doesn't matter whether it's socially, mentally, physically, financially. Jesus paid the price. And so, you know, we would just put our children's name in that for whatever is going on in Jesus' name or if there was a fever or whatever in the name of Jesus by covenant, by the power of covenant. So right now, you just say, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for... This, uh, this body which was broken, Lord, that we would have healing. 
in the name of Jesus, already provided. Let's do that together. Then, of course, that's ratified by the, the pouring, not really spilling accidentally, but the pouring out of his blood. And he did that willingly, knowing from the cradle to the cross so that you could spend eternity with the Father. And so let's thank him for that. And so, God, we thank you for the blood. Amen. Amen and amen. We would do that with our children. We would put that fever underneath that covenant, that sickness underneath, and we would see the fever go within the hour, sometimes immediately. And uh, the wellness would start uh, immediately as we applied that. So let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. Good to see you, uh, kind of see you today. Um, and I want to speak to those that are watching right now. So let's, let's talk real quick. In the name of Jesus, if you're watching right now and you're suffering any sickness, I command your bodies to line up with the Word of God. I command it to right now, in the name of Jesus, line up with what the Word says Devil, you are found out. We bind you in Jesus' name. Lord, we loose your healing power right now on their bodies. Who is watching and those that are in this place, in the name of Jesus, quicken them to be healed. We thank you for it. We receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. 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 Feel the Lord up in this place. I want to talk about building a Psalm 91 house. And uh, we've talked about Psalm 91 for the last few weeks, and obviously uh, PK and I weren't here last week, uh, and so we're going to finish this up this week. Living in a house takes some time, doesn't it? We just moved. We've been in a new house maybe a month, uh, and uh, there are still boxes. I mean, I go downstairs and go and think, oh, wow, we haven't really touched this yet. Um, you know, and so we are working on it. But it, so you know, you, in time, you figure out where to put the furniture. Uh, you figure out where to hang some pictures. Sometimes you hang them for a while, and then you go like, mm, "I want to change this. I want to swap this out. Maybe some colors." I know we've moved different times, and we have learned to kind of hang on because we have painted something right away just to find out. Wished we'd waited. And we'll paint it again. Uh, there was one area we painted like five times, and I'm like, Jesus, you got to help me. <laughs> so uh, we figured that out, but, you know, just where to, where to decorate. Uh, and so the house over time becomes a home, and then you, you invest in it. Um, love is in it. The presence of God is in it. You live in it daily. You make it functional. Um, you know where stuff's at. But not just in the physical side. <coughs> we need to talk about the spiritual side. So just all the spiritual side, just because you are a believer doesn't mean that your, your home is automatically blessed and protected because you still have to activate things. You still have to be the one to activate. We talked in our team huddle today that God gave us gifts, but we have to activate those. Those just don't. There's just not autopilot. So you have to do what you have to do to make things the way God wants. So the, God promises what he says in his word. His word is always true. And there's protection throughout the Bible. And we talked about a couple weeks ago, about I talked about four walls of protection. And, uh, you know, and again, 
you can be the most spiritual person you can be, but if you don't do what you're supposed to do, um, they don't get activated. Or if you don't, you know, you could claim Psalm 91, but if, if the Lord said, I want you to do this, I want you to do this, it's always going to line up with the word and you don't do those things. Just because you're saying I'm claiming this, but you're not activating any of that or you're not being obedient, you're going to run yourself into some issue. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Psalm 91 is God's covenant for divine protection. It covers us for danger, sickness, disease, assault, crime, tornadoes. Doesn't even matter if you have a uh, you know uh, house trailer or not. You know God can protect that. Just saying. Uh, fire and any other threat, your well-being. We can live in in a in a great place, knowing that we've done everything to our nature. How many knows in life there will be tribulation? Sometimes if somebody's trying to sell you this pie in the sky, if you're a believer, you'll never have any issue. You will never have any sickness come near your dwelling. You will never, never, ever, ever have any trouble. This is all just Shirley Temple, good ship lollipop stuff, and it's all going to be cookies and cream, and, and you know Kim's going to feed me bonbons for the rest of my life. Could you do that? No, never mind. But that's, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, we, we have to understand in the midst of stuff. There, how many knows that, that there were Hebrew children that were thrown in the fire? If I was the children, I would like the fire to have been blown out. You know, every time they lit the match, you know, that would have been frustrating for the guy lighting the match, but that would have been like, yeah, that's awesome. But yet the, it was heated seven times hotter than could even be stood, and yet there's a fourth man in the fire. Come on, somebody. God is going to be with you in the midst of a bunch of garbage. In this world where all of this stuff is going on, I'm telling you, even in that, you can be in Psalm 91. Doesn't mean that stuff isn't going to try to get on you. Doesn't mean that stuff isn't going to try to get to your family. But it does mean that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So you have protection by Almighty God. But we have to stand in that protection. We have to activate that. And it is our responsibility to receive that by faith. And we have to believe and act on the things the Lord tells us to do. I'm going to give you seven magnificent seven strategies. I'm going to do them really quick. Uh, seven strategies to build a Psalm 91 house. So uh, if you look to your left and your right, if you're in the building, we have attached seat belts to your... And you can... No, we don't have those ones. Uh, here's number one, fill your space, fill your space. So your atmosphere, uh, Psalm 91, one, those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. We, we basically have two atmospheres. If, if I can say that one's physical, the other is spiritual and atmosphere is defined as this pervading or surrounding influence of the spirit, general mood, <coughs> got a tickle in my throat. And it will have to leave in Jesus' name. Um, so in Genesis, the earth's atmosphere was dark and empty, and then God spoke. So again, he's filling his space. Didn't automatically take on the spiritual atmosphere of God. He had to fill it <coughs> with what he wanted to occupy that. Do you have a cough drop, babe? If you do. Yeah, that would be great. <coughs> <clears throat> Any, but anyway, he filled it, and the same is true for us. 
in our homes, we need to fill that space. In other words, we need to energize the power of the Holy Spirit and just don't leave it blank for anything that wants to fill in the space. You need to fill the space with the things of God. It gets, it's going to get filled up one way or the other. How many knows that? There's going to be things happening one way or the other. She's going to be like, sure, send me on a, oh, great, water. I get water and a cough drop. Yes. Thanks, Scott. But it's going to get filled. So if we are going to allow the enemy to fill it, that's just, that's where I could almost say the stupid just keeps coming. Don't do that. The enemy would love to fill space with his lies, his uh, fear, his uh, distortion, and all of those things. And, and he will if you will let him. How many knows that the enemy will put thoughts in your mind? You can dwell on them or you can not. You can cast them or you can grab a hold of, of what God says and say, this is what I'm going to believe. As for me and my house, this is what we'll do. Thank you. Awesome. How many know sometimes if we if we don't play offense, we have to play defense. In other words, if we're not proactive and saying I'm going to protect things, I'm going to protect my space, I'm going to fill my space with the things of God and I'm going to if I don't do that, then the enemy is going to come and try to fill that space by either, and we'll get to that, with what is happening in your home, what you're letting in your home, what conversations and things are happening in your home. You have to decide, I'm going to fill this space because I don't want to play defense. I, would, I want to play offense. I want to see that, that, that crud of the enemy coming miles away. And, and I want to put up the guard then. Because how many knows that I know for Kim and I, we've went through some stuff we didn't even have to go through. I mean, honestly, if we would have just been offensive, not, you know, I mean, pro, pro offense, just proactive, we could have stopped the enemy at the gate before we ever got there. So how do you fill your atmosphere? Let me give you a couple of ideas. You can, you know, you can have some stuff playing. When the kids were little and they were, uh, if they had any kind of sickness or anything that was trying to get on them, we, we did what we just did this morning. We took communion. And then she had a, uh, I don't know if, I think they still make boom boxes. Remember those? Yeah. But we had a boom box, and she would put that in the room, and we had... CDs that were just basically healing CDs, word-oriented. It was just the word being spoken. Or praise CDs. And we would put those and turn those on, and, we would, and they would just be on ever so lightly. I mean, if you listened and nobody was talking, you could hear it. But, if things, but you need to hear what I'm saying. We were filling the atmosphere. We were setting the tone, the temperature of the room of what we were allowing to happen. We would speak the word of God out loud as we go throughout the day. We would say the things that God would want us to say. Here's our second building a, a house, the second of the Magnificent Seven. So we were going to fill the space. Now we're going to protect it, protect your space. So that atmosphere, 
Psalm 91, 2, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. <coughs> Romans 12, 2 tells us not to be conformed to the world, not to the world's ways. And so we have to watch the things that we watch. We have to be cautious of, of how we're protecting that atmosphere. You know, you, you can come to church and you can declare, you know what, I'm going to do this. is going to be great. I'm going to sow into the kingdom today. I'm going to sow and I'm going to be out of debt. I'm going to be debt free and you can get out of here. It's easy to speak in here because the atmosphere is good. When you get out where maybe it is not as conducive and all of those things, you can negate things you just said or wanted to do in here because, you oh, it's just not going to work. I, I guess it doesn't work for me. You can negate all that. You don't want to do that. You want to protect what you are believing God for. Now, I'm, these are very, very practical. This isn't like, oh, this is just a... I'm not saying stuff just to make you feel good. I'm giving you actual tools that will help you find victory. So, you know, whatever you're putting in, you, when I was growing up, remember there was a saying, garbage in, garbage out? So whatever you're putting in will make you weaker or stronger. You've got to figure that out. You know, <coughs> during some of this stuff, Pastor Gary has got a, uh, it's just really soothing, and Kim had come across it. It is about 30 minutes, and if you want it, you let me know or her know, and we'll send it to you. Uh, but it is just Scripture being quoted against fear. I mean, that's all it is. But it's just, I think Pastor Tim is playing the keyboard in the background, just very lightly, but it, it just is soothing, and I mean, just uh, his voice was soothing, but it was just hearing the word. It's just hearing the word. And there were times that I played that several times during the day, just last week. I just needed to hear it. Why? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm really not going to, as much as I'm an adventure guy and a Rocky and all of that, I, you know, Balboa is not going to save me. Jesus is going to save me. You, you, you got to understand, if I'm going to be in the ring, I got to be in the ring for something that's, that I know that I can win, for greater is he that's in me. So um, those, are, those are things, so I've got to, what I need it to make me stronger, so I have to take refuge in God and hear uh, his voice and not the voice of, of everything else, because the world's going to, everybody's clamoring for you, you know that, and <clears throat> you want to watch some news, be cautious of what you watch uh, and what is truth and what is not. I would rather pump you full of the word of God and let that be inside and let that be the the report that you're going to believe. Psalm 113, or excuse me, 119.37, turn your eyes from worthless things uh, will help you get rid of the things in your atmosphere. So focusing on what God wants us to do, here's our number three of the Magnificent Seven. Keep our space clean. So we're going to fill it, we're going to protect it, we're going to keep it clean. Deal with wrong spirits immediately. And uh, so Psalm 91.14 says, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me I will protect those who trust in my name. And now in the New King James, it says it this way. He has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Have you ever walked into some place and you felt like, man, this is just, you could cut it with a knife in here. I mean, it just feels tense or it feels whatever. Um, the enemy's driving that bus. You need to understand, when you feel, you go in somewhere and you're like, ah, I just need to get out. The enemy's driving that bus. 
So you need to find out, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to change this atmosphere, or do you just want me to get out of this atmosphere? That's a question you need to ask yourself. Now, if my, if my children are involved or my loved ones are I'm just telling you, if I'm staying, the atmosphere is changing. If that means, you know, I've had to tell sometimes, sometimes we've been in situations where I'm like, I'm not real comfortable watching that. So if they're going to watch that, I'm not staying. If it's not my house. If it's my house, it's not being up there. That's just how that is. Uh, and, and they respect that. My kids aren't watching anything they shouldn't watch, so that's not what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. If you go someplace and it's just tense, James 3.16 says, For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. That's the New King James. So we have to set our love upon the Lord. We have to choose not to let strife in. We have to choose to walk in love and, and desire to love as he loves them. And we were just talking about this before service. But if we step out of love, we step into the enemy's territory. We, we make ourselves vulnerable to the enemy because we are, again, we're walking out of that protective 91. My choice, if I'm going to get offended and I'm going to do those kind of things, then I'm, I'm opening the door to strife and unforgiveness and rebellion and pride. and I mean, the list can just go on. So you must deal with those things quickly because the tools the devil uses to come into your house, he just wants to stir up trouble. That's all he wants to do. That's all he cares. He wants to make your home dysfunctional. How many knows, because if you live with people, it's already a struggle to be functional. If you're married, you'll be functional, but you know, it takes a while. You, you finally get to, to, to know your spouse a little bit, not, not just intimately, but knowing like, you know, I know what she likes. I know there'll be times I'll be out and I'll be, I'm going to get you this to eat. And she'll be like, that's exactly what I was going to call because you have, you just know each other. You need to make sure that the, the things of God are what's functioning in your home. And the enemy will try the other because you're human. I mean, he tried with us the other day and, and immediately, you know, we're hammering we're going to break strife. We're going to break strife. We're going to break strife. Because, you know, the enemy's job is to divide and conquer. That's what he wants. He wants your kids to be rebellious. He wants your, you and your spouse to be at, in, at odds. He wants to divide and conquer. And we can't afford to let just quarrels just go. And we can't afford to let our children, when our kids were little and they we're growing up, we did not, I did not, I did not, I want to say it one more time, I did not allow my children, uh, and I, we don't, they don't do it to this day, because they, I would not allow them to disrespect their mother, would not, just, it's, it's not going to happen, and if it did happen, they would take um, care of it right then, and we did whatever God had told us and instructed us to do, and we did it in a way that, you know, is loving and everything. We didn't abuse our children or do anything like that. But to this day, our kids are very, very close. But they would not disrespect. They would not roll their eyes. They would not. They would, it just wasn't going to happen. And she did the same thing to me. We honored and respected each other. Uh, but if we don't do things like that, then we are inviting the enemy to operate. We're inviting him to operate. And let me just say, when your children are little... They don't have all the wherewithal and all that to figure out what's going on and how to put the brakes on something. And really, as adults, neither do we. Because if we did, we wouldn't have the stupid just keep coming. 
You know, Maddie was saying the other day, she was saying, I mean, we were talking about, and she said, why would they call the movie Dumb and Dumber? I said, because somebody was on the ball with Dumb and Dumber. We've all seen it. Not saying you've seen the movie, but I mean, if you've lived life, there's things you go, that's just dumb. Then somebody else does something, you go, that's dumber. And there's sometimes as your parents, you're just like, the stupid just keeps coming. And you, you just have to go, okay, God, so help me, you know, be able to stop things and show them, uh, you know. So on the other hand of that, rather than get in agreement with the enemy, let's get in agreement with God. The power of agreement is supernatural, miracle-working power. So we determine to stop any attitudes or situations that cause destruction. When the enemy tries to put stuff up in our home or take up residence or set up camp or whatever, we deal with it immediately. So we just, you know, we say things out loud like, Spirit of Strife, you will not come in this house in Jesus' name. This house is a house of love and forgiveness and and, you know, you do whatever the Lord tells you to do to rebuke, to break, to bind. Do you know you have those keys? You have those keys to do that. You might as well use those. If you don't want to use those, the stupid just keeps coming. Okay, here's number four. <coughs> Anoint your space. So, anoint your home with oil. Our home has been anointed with oil. Every doorway of, of my house, the entryway of my house, has been anointed. It's been spoke over. It's been prayed over. It has. Psalm 91.7, Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, those evils will not touch you. You need to understand, anytime, you know, we've, we've dealt with sickness and people like, you know, there's people that'll be, well, you know, God's trying to teach you something. The stupid just keeps coming. God's not trying to teach me anything. Not about that. God doesn't put sickness on me. If, there's, if I'm dealing with sickness, it's not because God did anything. It's because I didn't do something. Does everybody understand that? There's something that maybe I needed to do or maybe something I needed to guard against or, or you know, this is an attack from the enemy. I, I get all that. But, you know, maybe there's something I need to receive or I need to take up that mantle and say, greater is he that's in me. Sometimes our unbelief will believe, oh, it'll work for this, it won't, but it won't work for me or it won't work. you got to get past that. you got to start saying, all right. So i got to anoint my space with oil. Believers, uh, I believe if we are a believer, it doesn't mean that you'll never fight sickness I, I get sick uh, very rarely, and I break any of what that sounds like because I don't ever want to be sick. But I don't believe as a believer you should constantly be sick. That is my belief. Uh, I'm not trying to make you mad, I, I, but I believe you have the power of God in you to keep that at bay. And I'm not saying there aren't times that it doesn't happen. So I'm not sitting here trying to be the poster child. I'm just telling you, we have a good God. Come on. We have a God that serves and God that loves and a God that heals and a God that restores. And so, you know, anytime the enemy is found out, I'm believing he's got to give back at least seven times, if not more. And it's going to be an amazing thing. And God is going to get the glory for it. But under God's protection, I can, 
I can believe God. I can start standing in faith for Psalm 91, and I can see some things around me, or maybe that there's some that are like, I'm not believing that, or I'm not, I don't believe that. <coughs> it does, you know, yeah, I might have to cough, I might have to, but you know, I'm healed in Jesus' name because of his stripes, because I have a good God, because the enemy is not greater than my God. So here's what we do. We anoint our home with oil. She already knows that I'm, I've done that. She already knows that I've prayed over that. That's part of my job. Come on, as the priest of the home, that's my job. That's my job. You know, well, Brett, but you're, you know, you're, most of your kids don't live there anymore. It doesn't matter. That's my home. That's my refuge. That's where God told me to live. That's going to be his inhabitation place as well. His, his spirit is going to reside in that place because it resides in me. Come on, somebody. It resides in my kids. It resides in the, in the family and friends that come out there. So my job as the priest is I'm going to then, I'm going to anoint that, that house. So it, it is uh, anointing oil, just so that you know, represents the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a symbol of the Spirit representing the ability to cleanse and make holy. It's an act of consecrating you're home to him. So what I did is I just, I took, and you might say, well, do I need special oil? I don't care if you got to use Crisco. I, I just used olive oil. I just put it on my finger and I went around to each and every doorway and I've touched the, the horns of the doorway or the, the top. Now, how many remember uh, the children of Israel where they said, put the blood over the doorway? Because this is, Entrances. This represents the entrance into the home. So every doorway in my new home, barn included, has been anointed with oil. It's been spoken over. It's had that put on each of, of the ends of the door. And I'm, I'm believing and claiming God for his presence. And I post angels around there. And I'm going to get to that. Everything that is said in that home and done in that home to be pleasing in his sight that the home would be a home of God, that his presence and his, his glory and his anointing will dwell there. See, that's important. You need to see that, man. You need to see the glory of God like in your home. Isaiah 10, 27, in that day the Lord will end the bondage of his people. He will break the yoke of slavery and lift it from their shoulders. The New King James says the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Now, here's what's also important. Now, the people that we bought the home from are wonderful people. They are believers. I don't know where they stand believing as if Kim and I believe, but, but because I didn't build the house, I'm going to make sure the house is, is under God's protection and his presence. And so that's why I have to do what I have to do. So that's what we do. We anoint that with oil. Now here's number five. We're almost there. Uh, draw a bloodline around your space. Psalm 91.10. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. There's so much power in the blood of Jesus. Now I've had people ask me to do a lot of things. I've had people ask me to come and, and do uh, deliverance ministry in these rooms of their house and we're seeing these activities and 
and we don't like it, and if you come in, will it leave? Yes, if I come in, it will leave. Why? Not because I came in, but because he that's in me came in when I came in. And so when I come in, he comes in, and when I activate what he has put in me, then he is activated in everything that is, come on, it's, it's got to yield to Jesus. But then sooner or later, I'm going to leave. So then you again, now talk about what we've talked about in that space, whether it's filled, it's protected, it's whatever. So then you have to do your part. I was asked one time, hey, would you come and would you anoint the house and, and anoint the yard? I'm like, oh, okay. So I went to anoint the yard, and they were like, what do we use? They, I said, what? And they handed me a, I asked, I saw in their cupboard, they had a big thing of Crisco, the liquid. I'm like, okay. They, I said, give me that. So they gave that to me. This is a true story. I'm walking out in their yard, and I'm speaking in tongues, man. I'm just shake above us, and I'm flinging Crisco. I'm just flinging it. Now, we've been talking about a bloodline, so I'm, but I'm flinging this oil, uh, believing that you know God is, we're claiming this, this property. And have you ever started doing something, and then you realize, somebody's watching me? I was, I was in the moment, man. I was lost. I was shakabasundalalamakai. And then I realized on the other side of the hedge, there's a neighbor going. And they got their mouth open and they're looking at me. And there was that 10, 15 seconds of us locking eyes. Because there's no hiding. I wasn't being quiet. I mean, you know, like, what do I say? Uh... We're going to have a barbecue, and I thought maybe, you know, I mean, I don't know what I'm, so that we just locked eyes, and then this is what hit me. I don't live here. Shake a bubble, and just started flinging more oil around. <coughs> but there's power in claiming and believing the blood of Jesus. First Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, God paid a ransom to save you from this empty life that you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It's the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That's 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. We are redeemed by the curse according to the blood of Christ. So, and again, we have to activate this stuff. Sometimes things happen because we just don't know what to activate, and so we don't do anything. It's kind of like if you don't vote... You have a responsibility. So, you know, doing what we're supposed to be doing. So when the devil tries to come into your life, the Bible says, Revelation 12, 11, one of my favorite scriptures, they overcame him by what? The blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb. So how do we use the blood? Luke 10, 19 says, I've given you authority over all. Come on, somebody say all. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Not some, not just a little bit, but God says because of the blood of Jesus, I've given you power and authority over all the enemy. So when we plead the precious blood of Jesus over our families, over our property, over our possessions, it means something. There's a minister in a city, and he's doing some damage to the, to the enemy, and the enemy wasn't happy. The enemy's not happy with TLC. And the enemy had, had tried to scare this minister, and he said, I'll tell you what, there's woods around this property, and we have infected the foxes that are in these woods, and they're going to come out, and they're going to somehow get 
get your children, and the enemy is a liar. So the minister went back, and he said, you know, this is all I want to say. When it comes to the enemy, the stupid just keeps coming. So the minister goes, and he gets some believers that says, okay, let's, let's draw a bloodline around this property, and let's, let's believe right now that there is not a fox, there's nothing going to hurt any of our children or any person on this property in Jesus' name. Do you know within in days they found five dead foxes that were just off the property line that had just tried to come on and dropped over, they, I guess just dropped over dead? Well, we know different than that. Why? It's because somebody, it is the blood of Jesus. There's nothing greater and stronger than the blood of Jesus. If we just draw that bloodline, when we leave our house, we plead the blood of Jesus over our house. We pray angels over that. And here's number six. Put angels on assignment in your space. Again, we're building a Psalm 91 house and we're almost finished. So we have to dispatch our angels. Psalm 91.11, he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. One of the ways that God helps protect you for deliverance or protection, did you know it's through angels? And we have angels in, really, that are at our service. When we were, uh, our kids were little and we would pray every night. Uh, when they did prayers at night, it was always, whoever had to go to bed the first that was when we gathered around the, the bed for prayer, and they would pray from the smallest to the oldest. And Zach would un, inevitably say stuff like, God, put angels around our property, and he would name the address of the property because he's being specific. And Lord, for the very corners of our property, you put angels on guard of our property. You know, and I would just, I would chuckle inside because I, I could just see angels up in heaven going, I got woods duty again. He put me on woods duty. That's all that boy does is put me out in the woods. But, you know, he understood enough that angels are on assignment. We can fill the space and command angels to guard the space. Come on to protect our loved ones, to do the things that God has called us to do. How many knows God's word doesn't come back void? And I can put angels, they hearken, they hearken to the word of God. That's what they do. You can't just tell them any whimmy-whammy thing, but you can tell them the word of God and say, this is what the word says. And the Bible says his word doesn't come back void. It means it does what it's accomplished because angels will fulfill that assignment. They operate under the authority of Jesus, 1 Peter 3.22. And one of those jobs is ministering to people like you and me. They are real and they are powerful. And it, it should be a part of your life. So give them a job. You know, so many times, again, we just have unemployed angels. I'm telling them, you protect my family. You protect my children. You protect my spouse. You protect my home. You protect my vehicles. Any building I walk into, God, you go before me. You surround me. You know, the angels are, are, are there. We talked a few weeks ago. I told you how the, the one guy was translated out onto the wing during a, a plane crash. He doesn't even know how he got there. I send ministering angels to protect my family according to Psalm 91, and then I begin to expect it. Here's our last Magnificent Seven. We're building that Psalm 91 house. Pray and speak the word over your space. 
Speak the word over your space. And remember, we talked about God's word not coming back void. Psalm 91.4, he'll cover you with his feathers. He'll shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. His truth shall be your shield. That's the new King James of 91.4. The word is a weapon, a two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and powerful, is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So when we pray the word, we pray right on target. We pray right on target. So how do you pray for protection? You pray Psalm 91 over your home, your family, but you, you can commit it to memory. You can just grab part of it, but you begin to do these things as believers. You begin to say, you know what, this space is anointed. You ever walked in somebody's house and you're like, man, it just feels good in here. That's because God has been in there. When, it, when God is not in there, you won't feel the same because it won't feel the same. And you want your house to be like that. So uh, you can just say something simple. I'm praying this. I'm praying Psalm 91. But don't just generalize it. Really go after what God wants you to do. The word of God is a powerful force. And the devil, you need to understand, the devil is no match for it. He is no match for it. I mean, just think, he, he tries to get Jesus, and Jesus uses the word, it is written. It is written. And the enemy has to leave him. Because Jesus uses the word. Isaiah 55, 11, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. That's what this is about, guys. That's just about saying, you know what? I'm creating, I'm creating a place. You know, if nothing else, I've got a little grandson and little granddaughters and they have godly parents but when they, you know, my, my granddaughters the other day were telling my wife, I want to come to your house. I need to come to grandma's house. Well, there's, there's a reason. It's not because grandma's like baking them and shoving cookies in their mouth. Although that would be good. <laughs> That's not what's happening. It's, you know why? Because God is in the house. And those children are drawn. You need to understand, they're drawn to the things of God. Because we are made in whose image? That's it. And the enemy hates us for that. So we continue to declare the things of the Lord. We declare out of our mouth the good things of God. We declare out of, out of our mouth and out of the way that we respond and how we receive the things that God wants us to do as we create that house. Will you still have you know, issues? The enemy's going to try anything he can. But greater is he that's, that's in me than he that's in the world. And so you just... The great thing about God is, if there's something that I didn't do, he's going to show me, and I'm going to fix it. But the devil cannot take you out unless you, unless you let him. Let's not let him. Let's take authority. Let's build the house God wants us to have and watch us, watch us take this city by storm for Jesus Christ. God bless you. God bless you so much. Thank you so much. Would you uh, stand to your feet?